You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang, and I hope you're doing well wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. I'll meet it. Um, hope you're drinking water, wearing sunscreen, taking your vitamins, all of that. I'm very, very excited to have my dear friend, Miss Kelly Nichols, as a guest for this week's show. Kelly is an actor. She's an editor. She is a singer-songwriter. She is a gem of a human being, and she is also my roommate. Uh, Kelly has been living with me for over a year now, and I've just had the best time getting to know her and being part of her journey very up close and personally. Um, Obviously, that happens when you live with somebody. Um, Kelly's gone through a lot of changes in her life, some pretty significant changes with her relationship um, and with even with career and just herself as a person and seeing as how starting over, which is this week's topic, starting over and transitioning is a very regular occurrence in all of our lives and growing into yourself and self-actualization is a big theme here on First of All. Um, I'm just so honored that Kelly has taken the time to be here with me on air and sharing her story with as much honesty and vulnerability as she does because her story is incredibly relatable. And I hope that it inspires anybody who listens to it, provides some healing and catharsis and uh, some, you know, resourceful tips on how to handle it because everybody be dealing with some starting over, whether it's relationships or career or honestly who you happen to be in this current moment and the person you might be tomorrow. I don't know. We're all changing all the time. So, uh, yeah, thank you to Kelly for being an amazing guest. And again, as always, if the episode resonates with you, if you find it helpful and you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review and subscribe. And uh, please share this with a friend. I think Kelly's story is very universal. It's very personal and and meaningful. So um, for you and for anybody in your circle, in your world that might need a boost of encouragement or just like an outlet, uh, please share the episode because, I don't know, just listening to her talk and having this conversation really helped heal me in a lot of ways. But in any case, I hope that you enjoy it. And yeah, hit me up. (laughs) Follow First of All Pod on Instagram or my personal page at Minjeezy. And you can email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. But that's all for the plugging. We'll plug more later. I hope that you enjoy this episode on Starting Over with Kelly Nichols. Enjoy. I'm tired of it How are you doing? Good. Excited. You're excited? I'm a podcast virgin. You are totally... <laughs> And I appreciate you because I'm like, hey, know all my things. And you're you're like that, but like in a private setting. Yeah. So So trying to be more welcome to first of all. That's it's good. It's it's it can be liberating. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to turn feelings into art more these days. Yeah, and you're good at it. it. Oh, thanks. Um, and I'm excited because people get to get a glimpse of like my my home life. Because it's basically like you and me talking. First of all, it's just like uh, a blip of what I experience every day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty 
pretty much everyone's like, oh, you poor thing. Nah, right. nah, no, nah, it's great. Like, we have really deep life talks all the time. It's good to air out these things. It's therapy. With people. Yeah, it, it really is. It really, like, I, I know that you and I definitely, we, like, we're both artists. We're both freelancers. We're both women. We're both, like, living in this psycho world. So it's yeah. it can be a lot, and it's helpful to have somebody just, like, lay it out there with and like just yeah. I don't know you've been so helpful to me just like listening to all my babbling oh, it's gonna turn into like a sap fest be like Mitch you need so me so much to me <laughs> <laughs> by the end of this we'll be all crying I'm down I mean okay we're having, I'm having gummy bears for I god's know. sakes okay. like, these are tempting me um yeah, but th- today's theme, you know, and I, I thank you. I want to start off by just saying thank you because we've both been, we're always going through a lot. Life is crazy, mm-hmm. but, um, you've been going through a big change in your life. And I, I've been hearing so much from other people because transitions are natural. No matter where you are, like you're like in something and go, you're moving out of something and into something else, like the new chapter of this XYZ. Mm-hmm. But you've been going through a really big change in life. And so, you know, I, I love your eloquence and your heart. And so I just wanted to be able to like share that with people if you're down. Yeah. Um, about what that's been like, because I've definitely been there and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going through it similar to you in a different version. You know, I'm yeah. being so vague, but no, I, I can take, take the reins and yeah. give a little context to what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, um, I grew up in Texas and it's a, it's a great place to grow up. And I, I love my family and everything like and none of what I'm going to say today is like to blame other people in my life. It's more so just been my journey and what I've learned from it. Mm-hmm. And part of the thing I think about growing up in the South is you kind of have this like, I, and many other places like the Midwest, I bet, and wherever you live, there's expectations of like how to grow up timelines in which to do certain like big life events, milestones, like getting married And you, even if you're not thinking about it, I think on a subconscious level, you're still like adhering to that protocol Mm -hmm. and, um, you're surrounded by it. Yeah. You're surrounded by it. Fabric of life. Yeah. So like at a young age, it's like a narrative you buy into and it's like, it's a really comfortable narrative to buy into because you're like, oh, this feels nice. Like thinking that by this age, I'm going to have this. And by this age, I'm going to have a child and like all these things. So I found myself kind of like going through life, um, adhering to that. And I continued to do so until I like did exactly what it was I was supposed to do. And I, I got married, um, to a lovely person and I had to learn the hard way that I just made a decision that wasn't, I wasn't ready for, and it wasn't like what I needed as a person at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, th- what I want to talk about today is like starting over and that there's no wrong time to do that. Um, and sometimes it takes trial and error to learn that. Yeah. And sometimes it takes hurting people, unfortunately, to learn that. Yeah. And- what, yeah. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, I was, I was just going to say one of the biggest things I, I want to articulate is like a lot of times when you talk about this kind of thing um, and you talk about how you like had these feelings for a while, like let's say two years before 
I like initiated the separation from my husband. I like, I was feeling these things, but I think a lot of people assume like, well, then you should have ended it there. And the thing I wanted to explain is like, it's a bit more complex than that. Like the first time you have that thought, it's kind of like you notice it and you're like, oh, okay. Interesting. And then you keep walking. Yeah. Keep, <laughs> then, keep on keeping on. Yeah. And then it happens again and you're just like, huh, okay. I didn't think I'd see that twice. And it, so on and so forth until you're like, okay, maybe I should actually like take this seriously mm-hmm. and like see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And then there's another layer of like, am I just being anxious? Am, am I self-sabotaging? Like all, oh, yeah. of, all of these things. I'd say a characteristic you and I share, which is makes us so relatable to one another is our one can label it as overthinking mm-hmm. yeah fair fine but it's also just like we're deeply analytical oh i know <laughs> you know and um things that are they're not very surface level like again it may in the first time that it comes into your consciousness you're like oh okay and it just you let it go but something that does rear its ugly head or like just repeatedly come into your awareness you're not just going to let it continuously keep being like, but, you know, yeah. poking at you and you're not going to really think deeper about it and be like, where is that coming from? Why is it that way? And um, it can be a double-edged sword because I think it's, can be, it's so useful to like be introspective and then go and get to the root of it. But on the flip side of that, like you get to the root of it and it can be something that you don't really want to see or like you're not, maybe don't feel prepared to handle. Um, and that comes, I think with a lot of different things, but specifically what you're talking about with like marriage and with love, um, that I just don't like you're in your, I mean, you're still, you're very mature 20 something. I'm in like <laughs> moderate thirties <laughs> certain ways, but like love is so deeply impacting in our lives. You know what no, I mean? It like it is the most sacred and personal mm-hmm. you I don't know how else to articulate it it's just like it's the thing that drives us and motivates us but also crushes us so much you know what I mean it's such a like powerful force it right? is so for that element that part of your life that part of your being to be out of out of whack mm-hmm it's not a small thing you know it's something that you do it requires a lot of your <laughs> attention well it does that part of you is like not right yeah and and once you like have that epiphany it's very hard because i'm an authentic person who cares about people to like stay in a relationship because it's like you recognize that if you have love and respect for your partner you're like they deserve better mm-hmm. than someone who like recognizes these things and so part of my story was like the reason why i ended up initiating um, the end of my marriage was because I just recognized I, I hadn't truly learned how to love myself and it was impacting everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do believe you can learn with your partner and evolve and grow and like work on loving yourself. But if you haven't even put in the time alone, Mm -hmm then it's it's very hard to start from the ground up when you're attached to somebody because you you're always going to want to focus on the other person. Mm-hmm. I have learned so much by just living with myself again 
because growing up, I just like, I was so shy and insecure and like had like zero Mm self-worth. And so I needed this kind of reminder and time to really like get to know myself on this level. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could have done it in, in a marriage. Like, I don't think I could have stayed and gone to counseling. That was like, a lot of people were like, felt like I gave up and Mm -hmm. that's not the case. I think I just recognized I had to take the harder road to do what was best for me Mm -hmm. and for my ex. And so, yeah, it's a tough thing because there's, there's, um, at least for my, the thing I struggle with and that you like hear me say out loud a lot is like a lot of self judgment mm-hmm. about like, well, I, I failed, you know, like the yeah. idea of like failed marriages and like these external voices and these external, um, you know, societal mores, like these things that people define mm-hmm. based on their religion, their culture, whatever, right? Like yeah. that it is your duty. You made this vow. And so if you do anything short of like, <laughs> you better, you better live and breathe and die on this vow that you made. And if you, choose if you elect not to do that then Mm -hmm. you have failed and you have you know forsaken your vow and like I've grown up with that like I grew up in a super Christian thing and I do honor those I think that they're very sacred and very important yeah but it's also I also take in consideration like a person's like where they're at in life and their mental capacity their emotional capacity their maturity and their worth and their choices like I still think that that matters and people change tremendously. So I, I don't know. I just like, I've struggled too, even with like me not being married and me never having mm-hmm. gotten married, but having gotten close, like wondering what does it take to even make that promise? Because once yeah. I make that promise, what does it mean if I were to say I can't do it anymore? Yeah. And that sucks for me because I too was like, I think I grew up in a very rocky, very low self-worth version Mm -hmm. of myself yeah that like to make that promise just felt so humongous and like overwhelming Mm -hmm. it would be like to me it would feel like it's a complete sacrifice of self like oh that's what it ended up being for me mm -hmm. and I didn't have the capability to recognize that in the moment Mm -hmm. was that like because I didn't have that love for myself I was I've always done things in life for other people. And I do genuinely believe in the moment I thought it was what was right for me. And I, I, I was in love and like all these things, they were genuine and real, but like, if you don't have that like dynamic range of understanding love from the very core of who you are, like if you don't have that self love to ground your decisions, then you're always going to make big decisions that don't probably land the way you thought they would, because you you just don't have that context to understand again, the weight of the choices you're making, mm-hmm. like the vows of, uh, to death do us part. Mm-hmm. You can say those words out loud, but what does that mean? Like you don't <laughs> like, yeah. you don't know until you start living it, like how hard that is. And that was part of the other thing about my relationship was, um, he was in the military and we were, um, we were apart for like 
75 to 80% of our time together. And that was something I knew going in and like, it, it was a five-year contract and that meant that we would be doing separate things because I had a career I wanted to follow and he wholeheartedly never expected me to live on base, which was amazing because I would have been miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a specific layer of military life. There's yeah, exactly. That that's, life. Yeah. Like it's a choice you can make. And I think a lot of people can be happy living on base with their spouse. But for me who like I, I was doing video editing, like you, you really had to be in a specific location to like find success in that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like when I signed up for that five year commitment of like being long distance. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that this was a person who was worth exploring that with. And we did, we like, we did great with it in terms of like still like coming out the other end strong. Mm -hmm. I, I think, but again, it's like such a lofty, it's easy to say, oh yeah, five years, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But when you're living it, it's very different. Yeah. So it's, it's again, like, that's the thing I've come out the other side learning is just like being more conscious of like the decisions you're making and the promises you make to other people. The weight of it. Yeah. The weight of the yeah. words. I'm curious when you, when you were, you guys are getting married and you got engaged, did you have that feeling of like, I know you're the one because that's the biggest, like, that's such a common question. I still have that question. I asked that of like a lot of couples that I know closely. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know, like, how did you know? Right. Like, I don't know if I necessarily in the core of my being was like, this is the one person for me. And I don't know if I in general believe in that anymore. Uh huh. Maybe cause I'm like slightly jaded <laughs> <laughs> and I, I maybe I will meet someone one day where I feel that way and that doesn't discount how I felt about my ex. But mm-hmm. I think the way I knew it felt right in the moment was I didn't like have any anxiety in the moment. And as a person who riddled with anxiety, if I have like a moment of calm, mm-hmm. like in a decision that big, that to me speaks more than anything else. That's a, that's, and see, that's like stuff that I wish people talked more about. That's what I'm curious about. Like, how do you make your choices? Like mm-hmm. what, what, what factors come into play when you're like, I'm going to do this. Is it purely like emotion or is it purely like, cause some people are purely emotions are purely rational thought. They're like, yeah. well, A, B and C exist. So therefore D like they, they literally just go off the brain. I'm very emotional. So it's like, I yeah, like, yeah, if I feel ter- like terrified or, you know, uh, what's the word? Like I'm just dreading it. Like that oh, doesn't yeah, feel right. Then I'm like, I should not do that. Mm-hmm. But it's on conversely, there are things that I've done in life where I'm like terrified of it. Like things that are not romantic a good thing and sometimes. that they totally end up being like the thing that change me for the better. And then I appreciate like that. I had the courage to overcome it. Mm-hmm. So then enter my overthinking. Then yeah. I'm like, is this another thing that I'm overthinking? That's and that I just need a sabotage thing. Right. It's like, it's hard to actually know what you're feeling versus like what your anxiety is telling you. And yeah, a lot of the time I end up following, following my gut, mm-hmm. which is like such a vague abstract concept but so far it most of the time it has treated me well and like again like the whole concept of this podcast is like 
even though I trusted my gut and got married to someone and it didn't work out, that doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. It was the journey I needed to take to find who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful. So I, and I agree. And I, it's been very, if I may say on air, but like watching how you and your ex love each other throughout even that process, the part of yeah. the uncoupling, if we're going to Gwyneth Paltrow this, um, but like there's love present even when you're not like, I'm in love with you and I'm going to spend the rest of my life. with Oh you. yeah. I can't, uh, talk high enough about my ex and how he handled the situation. Um, one of the most beautiful things that came from it was since I was the one who initiated, obviously like completely understand he was blindsided and like very hurt. And of course, how could you not be? I was like also struggling to articulate all of these big higher level concepts about me and what I was going through. Like, you know, and so he's just trying to process all this information I'm throwing at him. Mm -hmm. So he, like a smart human, he was like, I'm going <laughs> to take a week and just kind of like think about all this shit you just said to me. And I'm like, totally. Yep. 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 Uh, and then he came back and like, I will never forget just how much respect and love I still feel for him because of this. Like he came back and he was like, I thought about it and I landed on this. I just want you to be happy. And I just like started bawling. When you told me that, I started crying. I, I know. Like, I know. Bad. So it's like, I think there's this like over dramatized version of divorce. And a lot of people, if you have two people who are emotionally mature mm-hmm. and have that love and respect for each other, which you can love someone and be out of love with mm-hmm. somebody. That's like important to delineate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have that love and respect for someone, you can come out the other side and still be in this very positive space with that person because I think he understood where I was coming from and recognized this was something I had to do and that he couldn't control it anymore and that he, he couldn't like push me to like stay and it would only make things worse probably if he did so it was like in a way it was like he he recognized it was what was best for both of us Mm -hmm. and yeah i i love you both like (laughs) i got to know your ex because of you because Mm -hmm. we get to live together and you know it's it's um it becomes like a village thing too and this is why i do think like you know, I definitely throughout my life with like my family, there's been so much drama and there's been a lot of really beautiful moments and everyone does get involved. You know, like I know how nosy my grandmother could be on my parents, like the the in-laws, right? Like yeah. you have the in-laws, you have your siblings and you have your children. Like I definitely was a participant in my parents' marriage. My mom would vent to me like I'm also, you know, my dad's daughter. I'm on his, but like it gets complicated. You have all these other people. That's why we live in this like interdependent society, which gets, it gets tricky Mm -hmm. because you feel like it's not even, I love this individual. We've intertwined our lives together. We built this and now I'm going to, we're going to make a choice to no longer continue that. But it has this ripple effect on other people. So that can definitely weigh on you too of like your decision Mm -hmm. because you're like, 
oh, this is gonna, I mean, I just know this, even how I felt about breakups, you know what I mean? And like, even if I wasn't married to them, so I can only imagine like how much more that feels, but I was like, we have built in our own version in this non-marital union, like family together. We have our friends, we have our trips, we have our little traditions that we've started and it's, it's a lot. So, you know, I'm just, I'm putting that out there not to like be a depressing Debbie Downer. It's the part of the starting over that there is so much on the line that people, yeah, that people fear, that people fear. And like why you're like, not just going to be like, Oh, I feel this negative thing. I'm just going to nip this in the bud, quote unquote, and just handle it now. No, there's so many factors at play and so many relationships and so much history and like connection. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just to give credit to the gravity of that decision and that I don't think people make those decisions as lightly as we might like to yeah. villainize them to do, yeah, you know, or like, like or the, we judge ourselves to do. Yeah. On the outside, it probably looks very like cold cut, like it just ended, but there is so much thought and like empathy thinking of how it's going to affect other people. Mm-hmm. And that has been my whole life. <laughs> so like caring what other yeah, people think. And so it was like, I definitely still cared about that, obviously. Yeah. But at a certain point I recognized I like had to take back my like body. I know that's a weird concept, but like, I feel like I lost who I was for a while and like, this was my way of doing it. And so, yeah, like it's definitely really hard. I like struggled with and still struggle with, um, trying to learn to forgive myself. I'm trying to learn and tell myself that it wasn't selfish Mm -hmm. because it's not, Mm -hmm. you have to continue to do what is best for yourself in life. And sometimes, yeah, people get hurt. And again, I think if you exude love and respect for people as you do it, people will always forgive you and people will always understand because we at heart like naturally empathize with others. And so, yeah, it it was hard saying goodbye to like him and like his friends and his family, people who I like spend the holidays with, which are coming up. And and so it's like going back home is going to be different. You know, it's like, it's just going to be me and my family, which is like, amazing and what I'm used to Mm -hmm. for most of my life, but it is different. You, it's, you get get all these patterns and like traditions. Mm -hmm. So it is in a sense, it is like a little death in a, yeah. And it's, you grieve it because it's, yeah. And I've said repeatedly on this podcast, we've known this very much about Minji at this point. I don't know if this is the first time you're listening to me. I'm not very good at letting go of pretty much anything. <laughs> oh yeah. And, um, me it's, neither. I'm stubborn. Yeah. It's stubbornness. And, and sometimes I've looked at it even just like, it's my weakness. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I get so attached to certain things or the way things are. And, yeah. it, and then losing that becomes so fear driven to me that I'm like, I will literally implode if anything changes. Like, and that's what I've noticed about people in general. Like not that many people are like eager to have change like they are people fear change yeah we are very comfort driven security driven beings Mm -hmm. and so things that will 
jeopardize that even if it's to your own long-term detriment because yeah. like you're miserable yeah, and like exactly you'd rather keep the status quo for the sake of like not rocking the boat or mm-hmm. having to suffer through something really like acute like right at that moment it's gonna suck major yeah for like for however long but to prevent that you're gonna go through a lifetime you know so there's like the cost benefit analysis i get very economical with this like i talk <laughs> with my brother and we're just like yeah it's like a cost benefit analysis really what in your gut like you have to ask yourself these really hard questions mm-hmm. is this something that maybe with counseling and you can like you're saying trial and error you can try these other um yeah. remedies or like these other alternative forms to address this problem that you're having it doesn't mean everything has to because you can start over within a relationship oh for sure you know like honestly i've seen my parents like they are very different now they're still very much the same people but in terms of their relationship they're way more affectionate now it's like weird like yeah they used to not be that way yeah i don't think like to start over necessarily my my whole mantra isn't like everyone leave your husband. <laughs> Come on, guys, join the game with the times. No, 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 no. Just drop I, it like it's hot. Okay, to, to start over doesn't necessarily mean to leave the person you're with. It's to more so like remind yourself to empower yourself individually and and take the time to like to take those hard looks in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those need to be done alone, but sometimes they need, they can, they can be done with another person. Right. So, yeah, I think that's really important. And you're talking about, um, letting go. And that's something that post my separation I've been really focusing on is I recognize I have this tendency to like control things and, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, what's that like? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I like to know the way things are going to go before they go. I like to create like a narrative of where they're going to end. But like that in a sense is quite boring. (laughs) And I think by the time you reach the end of your so-called like narrative you created, you're like, well, (laughs) that went exactly how I want it. But there is no life to, you know, you weren't letting. I'm feeling a little unfulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So part of. I am taking all these things I've learned and turning it into a musical. Yeah, you are. I'm going to segue into this now. Yeah. It's called Evolution of a Girl. Um, And part of why I'm segueing is because the first song is called I Already Know How the Story Goes. And it kind of touches on like how we create and construct these narratives um, that aren't fair to put on our partners because they'll never align to them. Mm -hmm. Like they can't read our minds. And like it's. I'm still looking for it. I know. (laughs) Yeah, the whole, like, point of the musical is to get to this point of, like, relinquishing control and just accepting life for what it is and, like, other people for who they are and letting your story unfold organically and naturally. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what love is. It isn't projecting your fantasies onto somebody. Yeah, I've done a little. <laughs> no, I know. Call it, me the, how, the projector. <laughs> how how can you not, with how we are raised, with the media we're raised, mm-hmm. kind of putting romance on a pedestal? And I'm a romantic person still to this day, even if yeah. I've gone through this. Like, I still believe in romance, but I don't think it's fair to, like construct the romance that's ideal to you and then expect somebody to like check every box of that. Like, right. 
And it's a tricky, it's a murky area where you're talking about like what you hope for, what you wish for, and what you expect. All those can be very. Yeah. There's healthy versions of that. Yeah. Because you want it, you can communicate to your partner like, oh, I really, you know, I'm this kind of person. I appreciate. Yeah, like, I have this love language. Like, yeah. If you want to like make me feel a certain way, these are the things I like. Like it, that's, I think it's fine to like articulate what matters to you. I think it's wrong to only expect that from a person without articulating it. Maybe it's just comes down to communication. Right. Like, well, or even with articulating. I mean, yeah. it's, it's such a weird space to be like, well, if you love me. Oh, you know. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the, I think it's the, like, it really comes from where it's coming from. I don't know, within, within you. Like, if it's coming from a self- selfish place. Yeah. And that's what I was reading a book. I'm reading in my miracle morning. I'm getting back on it. I was off for two weeks and it's honestly really messed me up, but, um, getting back into like reading and kind of getting outside of my own brain and yeah. hearing somebody else's. This is why I think reading has been really good for me. Me too. Is yeah, we've been <laughs> so both reading. reading. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been very healing because it's just like you're out of your own thoughts. You're able to kind of take in someone else's, you know, well thought out, laid out, you know, speculations or theories or lessons learned and you get to internalize that. And somebody was saying like, you know, loving somebody is not about how happy they make you. It's like how happy you want to make them. Like you're inspired Mm. to really be of service to them or to make, bring them joy because bringing them joy brings you joy. Like it's like that kind of motivated feeling. They're not the vessel of your happiness. Right. and I've definitely subconsciously expected that of a lot of boyfriends. Like, yeah, like I've make definitely, me happy. Yeah, like yeah, no. you don't even care. And it, and it comes back to even stuff I've talked about with my friend on like the nice guy episode. If you're doing things kindly, but with the expectation of getting it back in return somehow, is it really like a kind, nice thing that you're doing? And you're keeping tabs and you're keeping score. And like that expectation, yeah. you're always going to be disappointed. People, again, are not your mind readers, nor are they there to be of like complete and utter service to you and your whims. So it's t- it's just tough like to ask yourself those questions like, oh, because I've definitely been in a space where I like I – I framed myself in my own head as like the hero. Like mm-hmm. I'm so loving. I'm so giving. Oh yeah. It's toxic femininity at its worst. Mm-hmm. Like I give all of myself. Like how could you yeah. not appreciate this? How could you, how could you fall so short of like all the, <laughs> all of my needs? Yeah. But, oh, it was just so, it was so scary to kind of like, it's so, it makes me kind of ugh when I think back on that. Cause it is coming definitely from a place of low self-worth. Like, I needed that from somebody else. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to articulate poorly a, f- a few minutes ago. Was no. like it it has to come from, like, a genuine, authentic, selfless place for another person. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it does boil down to self-worth, I think, at the end of the day. And so I... It's funny how, like, you can be self-aware that things about yourself need to change and then you still fall into the same pattern. So, mm, like, part of yeah. what I ran into after I got separated was kind of being like, okay, going to work on myself. And then immediately, like, tries to do the same thing I've done my whole life, which is like, oh, look, another person to make me feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's hard, you know, like. It's not as cut and dry as you think it's going to be. Um, that's part of what my musical is about. It's just like, 
yeah, again, like you can know what you need to change, but it's not easy. Like yeah. it's so like in the musical, the the lead character, which is like a weird hybrid me, um, <laughs> is like ends a relationship and then is um, swears off men for a hundred days. Of course, yeah, because that's easy, right? Yeah. So that does not go as planned. I'll do it. Yeah, that does not go as planned. So it's kind of like recognizing you're falling into the same patterns. It talks about serial monogamy. It talks about all these concepts that I think a lot of people don't like to uh, confront about themselves. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, why do you feel like you need another person to feel complete? Like, There's a topic. Like, I yeah. definitely want to do multiple conversations on the serial monogamous because I feel like that was what I lived for a large chunk of yeah, my life. Yeah, it's hopping from relationship to relationship because you don't want to take the hard looks at yourself in the mirror because it's easier to look at another person and focus on their problems sometimes or like or just use them as a distraction so you don't have to like I don't know, you're in a sense you're running away from the love that you have for yourself, which is like such a sad thing. It's like, it's been there the whole time, but you're just like, no, I need it from someone else. But mm -hmm. it's like, no, it's, it's right there. Like you don't have to go anywhere to get it. When I go psychoanalytical on this with like friends, cause I was talking through different versions of like, not relationship problems in terms of just like dating relationship, like, you know, backtracking and analyzing all, all the boyfriends or all the men that have been in my life, but also with like family and friends, because I feel like the older we get into adults, like into adulthood, we're, we're analyzing everything, including friendships, because you don't have that like safe harbor of college where you're like, if you, you went to college and you're like with friends all the time a big thing that a lot of, um, you know, 20 something year olds that I know, they're like, how do you keep friendships? Cause mm. you know, you just don't have the convenience of being in close proximity to them. Yeah. And a lot of friendships dwindle away. So I'm talking about analyzing relationships across the board. Um, not just romantic, but I mean, it's just, where do you begin and where are you comfortable with yourself and where are you okay being alone? Yeah. <laughs> and where does yourself derive from? But in all that, I still, a lot of the topics that come up is like your relationship with your parents because family is where you learn mm -hmm. love and hierarchy and power dynamics and all that. Yeah. So for me, a lot of like in the analysis of all the other stuff, it's come back to, How's your relationship with your dad? And that's tough. You know, yeah. like it's very layered. It's very complex. It's not, and it's acknowledging, Oh, this is, is not his fault. I just need to accept this about him. I need to forgive him for this. I need to forgive me for this. But like some people don't want to talk about that. Cause that gets into like, Oh, you know, I'm talking about like a, a psychiatrist thing, but I'm like, no. no, it's pretty well established. Like your first several years of life were pretty formative mm -hmm. and your brain is a sponge and you just absorb the world the way that it's given to you. Oh yeah. Which is why, you know, I think it's worth noting because we're all entering ages where we're becoming parents. And so to be aware of that, like, yeah, the environment that you create for your child will really yeah. affect. So terrifying. Yeah. This <laughs> I think I could I like, oh like, uh, yeah. yeah, thank God I don't have a child. <laughs> Same. Maybe absorbing all this confusion. Yeah. Is, and so that's why I think it's worth like sorting through it and why yeah. it's worth doing that work. No. 
now before, before you bring another human into this world. I've ruined that one. <laughs> but I'm definitely children raising children is a beautiful endeavor. Everyone's doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great, Jessica. Whatever. Yeah, I don't Jessica. Know. <laughs> Just pulling out names here. I don't even know who I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm coming to like all of that to like understand that and like why I love the way that I love mm-hmm. and then how that plays out and what I need to self-correct again and that's stuff that no one else can fix oh yeah exactly and i think that's the problem is like fix quote unquote yeah i think it's just um because we are the only people who can do that work that's why we procrastinated for so yeah it's a form of procrastination no it is it is is the most ultimate ultimate form of procrastination because we're like you know what this actually sucks. <laughs> so I'm going to just uh, look cute. at this beautiful man instead. And, and so it's like 20 years later. Exactly. You're like, you're like no. Why am I still having the same problem? Yeah, it's because you won't confront them head on, yeah. bitch. Because <laughs> you don't want, literally can't be alone. Yeah. I've genuinely oh. struggled that so hardcore that like, I was like, can I, it was like an existential crisis you know, several years ago, like, can I be alone? Because I was clearly seeing Pat again. They rear its ugly head. Mm-hmm. And at some point or another, you can keep running away, but it'll catch up with you. Okay. And I was just like, yeah, I have a pattern. Always knew I had a pattern, but now I really know I have a pattern. Yeah. Ninji, I, I'm going to have not- to take a moment on this podcast to do some ASMR. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go on walks by yourself. Go eat at restaurants by yourself. Go see movies and concerts by yourself. It's great. It's great. <laughs> you don't need a person. Go to go on trips to Scotland by yourself. I just, I just did that. It felt really good. Yeah, and it was beautiful. Okay. You came back that like all. blossomed. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is the ASMR with Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know if I should quit my day job. Yeah, you should. I mean, yeah. I think we discovered a new path. Yeah. <laughs> no. While we're here. <laughs> But anyways, yes, do things for you and don't feel like you need another person to do it or like I there's there's no wrong time to start over. There's no wrong time to start doing these things for yourself. And like I I remember my mom came into town and like she um she was here to see a show I was in, which was a lot of fun, and she flew all the way from Texas and I was like you're crazy. I love you. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and I had all these rehearsals and stuff. So she like kind of had to be like independent from me. And she's usually like used to being with my dad and stuff. So she was just like, wait, what do I do? <laughs> she's like, I want to see a movie. And I was like, go see a movie. And she's like, but I don't want to go alone. And I'm like, go alone. That's so great. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, yeah. I'll see a movie alone. And she's like, oh, I mean, I've never done that before. And I was just like, that like kind of broke my heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, I get it, but also I'm like, now I understand why I went through this. Like, you do learn these things from your parents, and I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. Like, it's just part of life. Yeah, it is part of life. I was just like, yeah, and a lot of people, I, I went to Scotland alone for myself recently, and a lot of people kept asking me, like, why don't you go with a girlfriend or why don't you wait until you're dating someone to go? And I'm like, you obviously don't understand what this is about. What the purpose of this entire trip is. Yeah. And 
the fact that you get those questions kind of is infuriating. Yeah. It's like, why can I not as a woman do this for myself? Yeah. Even I went to the Philippines. Um, well, it'll be a safety thing for me. Yeah. Like, well, it is sometimes a safety thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think in the Philippines, I went to the Philippines alone for work once and I, everywhere I went, people were like, where's your husband? And I think it's, it is an expectation that like, it is a safety thing. Yeah. 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 They're just like, oh, it is, don't I wander mean, alone. In an objective for, yeah. you know, perspective, it is very, it sucks, but it's a truth of like, it's highly unsafe for a lot of women to travel alone. Oh, I know. But you went to a safe country. I know, but, but I was like, it's Scotland, mom. <laughs> it's not like I don't know. We're gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. Like you had a Wi-Fi and internet the entire. I know. Sta- I was oh literally God. following Kelly's travels the entire time because she's like documenting everything. I was like, she's good. Oh yeah, that's I was why worried. I did it because my mom was like, "You have to text me every time you get to your hostel." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, that's good." I mean, as if I'm a mother and as yeah. your roommate, I was like, "Kelly, are you alright?" No, I know. Okay? But it's also okay. But that that self journey, that's that solo exploration of self, whether it's going to a different country or just like literally going to the movies or going to eat by yourself. I have friends that cannot do that, and and I yeah. struggled with it. But then going through certain specific experiences that I did, I was forced to do things alone. And I think that in retrospect, like those are some of the most important things for me to do. Yeah, it's like just be okay. Yeah, I Take think a book like go. Oh yeah, I like, go to bars now because that's a weird one for women too. Because uh-huh. you're like, oh, someone's gonna like hit on me or something, and I don't want that. <laughs> or, or maybe you want that. I don't know. Uh-huh. But like, I I go to bars now and like just sit and read a book, and it's nice. And most of the time, people don't bother you if you're reading a book. Honestly, like if you just want to have like a beer and read your book. Mm-hmm. Do it like or your coffee or your ice. Yeah, cream yeah. It doesn't have to be alcohol. Froyo. It can be whatever you want. Yeah, insert whatever you want here. Just do it alone. <laughs> yeah, refreshment in general. You go like, and we, I've been doing the walks thing too. And again, I'm still. I I have Kenji. We are working on things together, and even within our relationship, yeah, it's been like having to identify my space and like, yeah, we so go to, important. cause we enjoy a lot of the same things together. We love going to film screenings. We love going to events together. He's my plus one, like yeah. working on films and like, he loves helping with my podcast, but I'm like, where in this do I have my space? And so I think even again, it applies like if you're completely starting over as a solo and indiv- an attached individual, or even if you are an attached individual to have the space to be alone mm-hmm. and to enjoy that for clarity, for like yeah. relaxation and rejuvenation, I think it is really vital. And this is something I'm learning as a, in my thirties because I've had this like really innate like frantic need for somebody to like occupy yeah space in Mm -hmm. my life or like that I could they could be a point of attention I get a big boost out of that I get a really big you know emotional high out of being needed out of being desired out of being like of course you know and 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 it has its place I don't think it's fundamentally wrong to enjoy that but if that's the entirety of where you get all your life's fulfillment and satisfaction which is very fleeting and conditional yes then that's when it gets into the this like really i think long-term dangerous territory you will like risk losing yourself completely oh yeah and then like you know so 
But going back to like this solo trip that you did and you were writing music, you're like performing and oh. like, you know, you're a musician. I've, I said in the intro, um, you know, there's, this is a beautiful part that I think we get to share because we're both artists and have that creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, was that like, that became your coping mechanism? I mean, I feel oh, like you, for sure. you totally just kind of like yeah. surrendered yourself to your to music I and did. writing. I think it was my therapy. It was my way of working through all of these ideas that were coming to me and all the emotions and stuff. I, in general in life, it's very easy to pick the negative, like, um, way to cope with things like drinking and stuff like that. And that definitely happened like a little bit. It's hard not to when you go through like depression and things like to not drink a little, but like the thing it's been empowering me to take my music more seriously again. And I think that's been the very beautiful outcome of this. And like, I feel like I've unlocked some level of like my musicianship and like songwriting capabilities that I've never like been able to tap, tap into before. And maybe it's just because of all the emotions I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I like, I'm doing open mic nights. I'm doing like charity, uh, music events, People are reaching out to collaborate with you because every time you go do something, they're like, I want to do something with you. And it's like, I feel like you're, I feel like this more spontaneous vibe from you. Like you're just like going with the flow a little bit. I keep meeting people who like want to collaborate. And the most beautiful thing that has come from this was like, because I've been very transparent and vulnerable over social media, I've had people I haven't talked to for like 10 years, like reach out to me and be like, what you're going through and the posts you've been making are so inspiring and seeing you do your music with so much passion and like is, is making me want to take it up again. It's just like all of these, the flood of like messages I've received, it, like my, some of my family have been like, I've always wanted to do music, but I didn't think I was good enough. And they're like in their forties mm-hmm. and they're reaching out to me being like, I think I have a story to tell through music and you made me realize that I'm just like, what? I know. So like stuff like that, like makes me feel like what I'm doing is I like has a purpose. Like I'm supposed to like help people maybe find their self love through music or something. So I don't know. I I feel like I've tapped into something. It's a very good vessel for all of these thoughts and ideas because it is very universal. Everyone understands this concept. I don't claim to be the first to have landed on these ideas or thoughts, but it's just your version. Yeah. And for your universe. And music is such a powerful tool to like spread that to people. Mm-hmm. That's There's, very digestible. It, it really touches a different part of our like brains and our hearts. Yeah. That regular words i mean again like books and everything have been really helpful to me but there's something very healing about music or art and and that's why i just like really encourage people because there's people like that look at and they're like oh you're an actor you're an artist and xyz i was like everybody has a creative side yeah so it's like finding your medium that's the trial and error part and on a logistic level like i say for like all the many times i've had to start over from different relationships or having moved, you know, like mm-hmm. moving from San Francisco to LA. Again, this, this concept of like beginning anew or having to go through something uncomfortable or like having to take a really weird, hard look at some things that you don't like your habits or like whatever. Like mm-hmm. we've even talked about money and like how oh, it is to be like yeah. your, your single woman now having to really sustain yourself and having gone from being in a marriage to being like alone and like just getting older in general too. Like there's yeah. a lot to like address there. 
But finding your coping mechanism to like deal with all these uncomfortable things that you're dealing with, I think is really crucial to give thought and attention to. I didn't, I, I think I stumbled upon stuff. I had acting, like that's something I wanted to do career wise. And I'm so grateful to it because being an actor helped me process a lot of emotions that I've been holding yeah. up, pent up inside. But also for like other people who are not naturally inclined to being like a creative quote unquote and have a different viewpoint of like what that might be. Yeah. I think everybody has something that they want to express and you just have to find your way to do it. Yeah, exactly. I think as long as, um, you have some vessel of like organizing and working through all those thoughts. Cause to keep them in your head, like solely is it's so emotionally and mentally taxing and it's almost near impossible. I would say to like find any meaning in the jumble of like all those thoughts and emotions without like maybe journaling or like putting it down into music art, something at least getting it out of your head in some kind of, capacity so you can like look at it for, and try to find meaning in it yeah and and honestly the starting over part it can it, we're we've been focusing a lot of like the difficulty of it yeah but on the the positive side oh it's a beautiful thing it's like it's a rebirth it's a, a rebirth yeah, yeah i love that that you put it that way that's how especially when i got out of the abusive relationship when i was 19 that i genuinely felt like I died and was alive again. Like, I don't know how it sounds very dramatic rising out of the ashes. I was just like, I can do, it was a terrifying, but like really empowering moment in my Mm -hmm. life. That period of time of like recognizing I can design my life how I want because I had been so controlled by somebody else and having to cater to literally every single emotion and whim of theirs to have my own life back in my hands. I was like, wow, this is terrifying, but like, I got, I got a chance. I got like a second chance to like do mm-hmm. as I think is best and what I want to do. Like, what do I want to do today? And that's so like empowering. Yeah, you know? I, I think you should never lose that as a person. Yeah. And I think that's the core of what this is supposed to be about is starting over. Like I, even if you are attached, finding that time to like fuel your identity and who you are and like you're talking about with you and Kenji like taking those times to go on your walks and like maybe deciding hey um I'm gonna go to this event alone or something like and Mm -hmm. and both partners being understanding of that and like not taking it personally I think that's what to strive for is just two independent people who like choose to be choose to be together not because they need to but because they want to and it it amplifies their life it doesn't equate to the happiness of their life mm-hmm. that's what i'm looking for you and i think you're on your way my dear and i'm still working on my version too you know we're all working on it mm-hmm. and um i i've I'm very fortunate to be around others who are able to be open about what they're dealing with. Cause like we learn from each other, even if we're oh. not going through the same exact yeah. thing. And, um, I think it's really beautiful. So I think if you look for the bad, you can find it. And mm-hmm. if you look for the good, you can find it. Um, I've been personally like, it's not about my, well, my parents are like, don't put our lives out there, but I'm gonna, um, my <laughs> parents have like had a very interesting relationship because they, got together when they were teenagers and now they're in their sixties. So I've watched this like 
almost 50 year relationship just like evolved yeah. for the, as long as I've been alive. Um, and it's been really cool. And one of the positive things I want to share is like, my dad is a very tough person. And I think he's had a really hard time because he was never allowed to be a feeling human. But like one of the things that I'll say, I'm like, why I think taking a new take on life, like seeing opportunity and being spontaneous and like taking a chance, even within a relationship or out to try new things and be uncomfortable. My dad started playing music in his fifties. And I I saw a different version of my father that literally the first time I watched him play saxophone as a 50 something year old man, I started weeping. I had never seen, it was like seeing him express something that he had inside him this whole time that I never saw until that moment. And so like, make me cry too. I would want to cry. Yeah. I I cry thinking about it. Like my dad is like a very important person to me and I can be either like really discouraged by how tough of a person person he can be but also just see the humanity in him and like seeing him play music so i i really like for me i use that as like an example of like people change people evolve like we are all capable of being way more than what we currently are and it's good to get reminders of that because when you're feeling like what is happening right now (laughs) like who am i what am i what is happening it's easy to be in that mode and not see those opportunities and not to see like okay this is also the beginning of something. Yeah. This is also the, the this new version of me. And um, we need reminders. Like We do. We remember that. Yeah. It, I think it's really good that you reminded, like, sure, there's all these, like, negative things, but it is such a beautiful experience, like, that comes from it is this reminder to, like, I don't know. I feel like I've tapped into my, like, childhood self before – before young, young little Kelly was like influenced by all these things in the world, like who was she? Cause I think that ultimately I think life is cyclical and like, I think maybe life is just this weird, like search to get back to that innocence and that freedom that you had mm-hmm. without the like outward influences, like making you like mold yourself into something you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Kelly, what are you, what do you think are like main takeaways from this journey? Like we, I would love to bring you back even like six <laughs> months from now and like reflect on this. Oh, uh, like, I probably will be like, forget everything I said. <laughs> I know what I was talking about. I'm in love. <laughs> That'll probably happen. No. <laughs> I, I mean, let's, let's um, But yes. Yeah. Bring me back. Uh, takeaways. I would say do shit alone. Hi, <laughs> man. Feels good. Yeah. There's no wrong time to start over. Um, <laughs> what else did I say? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Just like take the time for yourself every day. Just remind yourself to take a few minutes for yourself, mm-hmm. regardless of being attached or not. Just be like, hey, Kelly, how you doing? just take that take that second yeah like what do you want to do because a lot of times we're just so like must have netflix on so i don't think about myself must have food cooking and microwave so i don't think about my you know like just like take the time to like acknowledge where you're at and be okay with that yeah and just be like i'm just trying 
And that's good enough. What, what you want. Yeah. And I think um, now that you're getting into the woo-woo world with yeah. me, <laughs> Kelly's like leaning in, man. Hella spiritual now. <laughs> Hella spiritual. Yeah. But it's like, um, I think intentions do matter. Oh. You know, it's not going to, like you're saying, it's, you don't have ultimate control about like what everything's going to, how it's going to pan out. Yeah. But to start something off with like, I really want to make the best of today. I want mm-hmm. to appreciate the people that are around me. To say it out loud in some format, to write it down or to say it to yourself, I think is really powerful. My life has shifted a lot about like being thoughtful about my thoughts because either I run my thoughts to some capacity, I have a way to like influence that mm-hmm. or my thoughts run me. Yeah. And if exactly. I'm going on default mode, we're going down the, down a spiral, baby. Like we're going to, yeah, it's the anxiety is going to take over the self consciousness and like all the self judgment and the doubt. It's going to like, it's so, it's a slippery little slope right there. Yeah. It's such not a, trying to live that life. It's such a powerful thing to recognize all of these parts of yourself, anxiety, like self doubt you have control over. It. It's just a matter of you like stepping up and being like, no. <laughs> Yeah, because I like oh, this last week and a half, I went through kind of like a very like not deep depression, but like I was in a funk. And then I remember it was like Friday night or yeah, Friday night. I just was like, tomorrow's going to be a good day. I'm good done. And then I woke up and it was the best day I've had in a long time. Yeah. So it's like sometimes it's just like being like, OK, you had your little pity party, which is I don't equate a depression is that i know it's not that simple always but it is a reminder that like you have the power to like change where you're at and like little things just like telling yourself like tomorrow's gonna be a good day Mm -hmm. helps a lot even if it isn't like night and day between the two yeah it's going to help you get to a better place incrementally. And Just I think, deciding that. Yeah, deciding. I say that to my mom, to be honest, because mm-hmm. she's she's a very strong woman. I love and respect my mother so much. She's one of the most resilient people I know. But sometimes I've, like, challenged her because my dad can take a toll on her or, like, work or, like, her mother-in-law, whatever. Like, yeah. her, her siblings, like, across the ocean. Like, there's all these things that are, like, coming at us, right? And I'm like, I told her one day, I was like, Mom just decide like you're like none of this is going to matter to me today like just decide it and see how that goes she's like she's so like she's not as woo woo as i am so (laughs) i'm like her little hippie child she's like okay (laughs) and i need to check back in on it because it was not that long ago and i was just like you know do you i literally say to my mom i was like do you you don't have to like i wanted her to feel validated and reassured i was like you do so much for everybody else Mm -hmm. just decide for the next six hours, I only matter, and then I'll get I'll get back to you. Take care. Yes. Like some people can't do that. Though. Yeah, like, it's her habit of just. It's like beautiful, but it's also like really sad because it it's be like cool. you're giving so much to other people, but you don't give to yourself. Mm-hmm. There's something so beautiful in the selflessness of that, but it's also like you are such a beautiful person. You need to like, you're part of this uh, equation. Yeah, yeah. You're a part of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your oxygen mask. Yeah. So, and all to say that Kelly and I believe in you. Yeah. We were supposed to be wrapping up. Here. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I love it. Cause it's saying stuff that I think really matters. And 
Um, in my life, I think I'm really lucky to hear it frequently because I'm around people like you. I'm around mm-hmm. people like my, the friends that I have. We can remind each other of these things. But I also want to put it out in the universe because who knows? Maybe the person listening right now doesn't hear it that often. Yeah. And really does need that reminder. Like, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's why I'm writing this musical is hopefully as a vessel to like remind people of these things. Yeah. You have your influence. That's also what I say. Like when uh, people, cause we're in LA and around a lot of like artists and influencers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that with a little disdain, but really I, I think I, I probably said this in past podcasts. Like whoever's listening, like, God, you repeat yourself a lot. See, this is me criticizing myself, but I'll say it again. I'm going to say it. First of all, um, but everyone has their circle of influence. And I don't think that like, just because you don't have Kylie Jenner's Instagram following that you're not an influencer. I think that's really, um, impractical and illogical and factually incorrect to say that I'm not an influencer. Like, it's not to like hyperinflate you either, mm. but you have your circle of influence. The people who interact with you, who work with you, who like are your clients or your customers or whatever, like people interact with you. And I think you being right with yourself has a tremendous effect. It has a ripple effect. And if you choose to like write something, make music, create art, like write a post on whatever, like who, who's to say that that's not going to really make you feel better or like, and also improve the life of others and like give you that fulfillment that maybe you feel like you're lacking in that moment. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Yeah. We don't know. You don't know. And if you limit that, cause I used to really be limited, like, Oh, if I make a film, but like it doesn't do well, quote unquote, then does that mean that it's not worth making? You know what I mean? Oh, like no. yeah. if I enjoyed making it, the people who made it with me enjoyed it and someone else watches it and enjoys it. Who cares if it's five or five million? I'm just like, I'm just talking about metrics right now. Cause those measures like really do impact the way we think something is worth worthwhile or not. It's like, speaking of influencers and stuff, it's like, I have like 300 followers. So it's like, I could still be like, again, like I have like no reach on social media, but I still have had like 10 plus people reach out to me saying I've done something that mattered to them. So I think it's like important to remember. It's not all about, yeah, like the, Kylie Jenner's of the world, you can still make an impact within your like group of friends you grew up with that still follow the stuff you do for some reason. Like, yeah, that's just as important. Yeah. Like you're still touching people's lives. And so I think that's what gets lost in the like social media versus like, I don't know, just being authentic and recognizing, yeah, just who you are is enough, not feeling like you have to like be this. I have 18 million followers, therefore I am a superior being. No, we all fall into that trap. Again, I say it out loud. It might seem super redundant and obvious, but I still say it out loud because I'm like, I need to be reminded about this. No, I do too. It's very easy living in LA to get sucked into that world sometimes too. I've heard about that even out. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, especially here. Yeah. It's it's part of our careers, but like mm -hmm. anywhere it feels like. Um, but also speaking of the influence and to also acknowledge your hard work and what you're pouring your heart into and just to thank you. And cause I love you and I want to see more people be able to experience your stuff because you just shared your heart and soul in this podcast. Yeah. Where can people find you, Kelly? Where can they hear more of your music? You can find me on the dreaded social medias, yeah. um, at 
Kelly underscore Nichols mm-hmm. at Kelly Nichols Music. And if anything you've heard today resonates with you, please follow at Evolution of a Girl Musical. <laughs> that is where you will find updates and it will be coming fall 2020, she said. This this girl, confidently. This woman, I've and this is the really cool part is just people who say what they want to do and then actually doing it. You are putting in the work of I'm so excited. And it's an inspiration to me because I talk a lot and then I'm like, <laughs> I want to do this. And it's really good to be around others who are like doing what they say. It's so simple, but it's way harder than we I mean, I'm sure everyone's like, yeah, it is hard to do what you you say you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. But Start by making that choice, you know, do you figure it out, follow Kelly, follow First of All Pod, whatever. Hopefully we'll continue to keep each other encouraged and accountable. Like that's literally all we can ask for. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. She's making a musical, y'all, is what I'm saying. And I'm going to continue to podcast where I said I was going to give up on this like eight trillion times. And I'm very grateful. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate everybody who listened in and I hope that you got something really meaningful out of it. And I hope that if there's somebody that you know in your circle and your family, your friends, uh, your lover, something you want to share, please share this episode because, um, that's how I get the best things out of my life. My friends share them with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Guys. Thank you for, thank you for speaking, Kelly. Yeah. Of course. I learned a lot from you. I constantly <laughs> learn a lot. And, uh, yeah, you guys got a glimpse of my daily life. Why I, I can have positivity is because Aww. I have good roommates. I have good people in my life and, uh, as sour as I can get and <laughs> self doubting. And in my hole, I'll just like lay in bed, reevaluating my life. Yep. There's things to celebrate and there's things to do. So we gotta go do them. Go handle. Yeah. Take walks by myself, which I'm going to do after this. Oh, I know. Me too, girl. It's so nice. We'll just walk in different directions. Yeah. She, like depart different ways you, out the door. You go have your space. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much to Aquafina for her use of her song Yellow Ranger for the intro and outro. And thank you to Marvin Ewing, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you so much for holding it down. For first of all, Marv, you're the best. I'm a very proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American storytellers and podcasters. So go check out all the other channels. Um, there's like book clubs, there's other amazing comedic, uh, shows. It's great. Go learn something new. Um, and yeah, if you'd like to follow, first of all, you can go to Instagram, first of all, pod, or you can follow my personal page, which is at Minjeezy. And if you have any questions, want to like give me a shout or ask me something, um, email me at first of all pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to become a backer of this podcast and support me, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast to become a patron participate in our monthly google hangouts i got some new merch um again if you guys are interested in like the stickers kelly was like one of of the first people (laughs) to put it up and like hopefully change her life by reminding herself that she is enough um hit me up dm me i'm doing this very like low budget right now (laughs) but hopefully it'll continue to grow and thank you to we are uprisers for um collaborating with me on this this initial batch of merch and designing it is so much fun but yeah that's it for for me Go find, uh, first of all, on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, I already said Spotify, and iTunes, all of the above. Um, and have a great, amazing day. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, thank you. This Mindy. was the best. This was so much fun. I love you, I love you too. <laughs> and I love everybody else listening out there, too. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
came in 88 with a dream also oh bright eyed. They knew right away, sick of swing, there's no lifelines. Cutting their teeth on the move, nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget, I'd go to Nardra, super size number two, cash. Way that the world ain't budging, gotta make a power move. Deep in the darkest dungeons, I'm digging up my own room. Hey, hey. Hands on the plow. Hands on the plow. Yeah. Keep my head down. Keep my head down. Yeah. Sweat on my brow. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. Hey, my dudes now. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.